Farmers today are facing rising costs, volatile markets, and extreme weather. The Better Way to Farm podcast digs into strategies to help you take control of farm inputs and maximize profit so your farm can thrive for generations. Remember to take advantage of our free resources at abetterwaytofarm.com. Now, from America's Heartland, here's your host. Welcome, everyone, to this little webinar. We've got a couple growers in this little panel that ultimately we, we just wanted to share their story, right? So you, you get to listen to Rod on you know, all the social media platforms, maybe a podcast. Maybe you've heard my voice as well. So I just want to thank you and, and welcome you into this. I'm going to steal some thunder real, real quick. You know, I'm, I've been a part of the Better Way to Farm team since 2014. Call myself a national field agronomist, if you so speak. And yeah, I've been doing this in this business for, for some time. So coming up on nine years with the team, and we've been able to really add a lot to the team with the people and some of the success stories. So as I invite these three growers on um, to share their stories, I guess, Sam, Andy, and Dalton, I want you guys to, I guess, let's just start with Sam. Uh, if you want to make an introduction, tell us you know, a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what your operation looks like, and, and how long you've been with the team. Because you guys have three different stories, but stories that are all ultimately similar in the end. Yeah, awesome. So I'll go ahead and, and start off. And I just want to thank everybody for, for hopping on here. And so again, my name's Sam Shanks. I am a sixth generation corn and soybean farmer in north central Iowa, just about 10 miles east of Mason City, just right off of I-35. And so uh, like, yeah, just corn, soybeans, and I farm with my father and, and my grandfather as well. And so I'm blessed to be able to to be able to get to do that each and every day. I just completed my fourth season with the A Better Way to Farm team, and so I will be heading into the fifth season, which is pretty crazy to think about. That came up pretty fast, but that's how long I've been on, and it's been great. Andy, what about yourself? First of all, I mean, look at this great group we got tonight. That just shows the interest from these other people to hear our story and how lucky we are to be able to tell it and have a happy ending. So pretty much for me... I am a fifth generation farmer. We do corn, corn, soybeans, a little bit of alfalfa. And then uh, also we run a direct market meat business. My family was always in the dairy business up until about, uh, I think it was 2019. We had, we sold out with the economic times. It just didn't make sense anymore. So we kind of went into the, the corn and bean game and me and my wife, we run Fricks and family farms and we direct market meat and ship it all over the United States, which is really cool. So Pretty much the end of last fall, I've only been in this program one year. I've had great success my first year in it. Last fall, I just was not happy with my yields. I was got done with the harvest, and I was running my no-till drill across, seeding winter rye, and I said, I'm going to call this Better Way to Farm Group, and that's where I was introduced to Sam Shanks. The rest is history. That's how it ends for several of us on the call, right? Man, we talked to Sam, and, and the rest is history. So, Dalton, uh, that leads into you, my friend, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so Dalton Thrasher from North Central Iowa. Just want to say thanks, everyone, for being on. It's awesome. We're excited to share our stories. I am a first-generation farmer up here, and we do corn, soybeans, and then I also run a 300-head furrow-to-finish operation for hogs. So this, I'm going into my third season with the A Better Way to Farm, and it's probably my most excited yet. Yeah, it seems like only a few days ago, Dalton, that you were you're joining the team. I, I've kind of forgotten that it's been three years now. So I'll have to bring that up later when we talk about 
pulling the trigger and getting started right away. <laughs> but going back to Sam, how about since you're the veteran leader, veteran grower uh, in this panel, talk to us a little bit about what your operation there in North Central Iowa looked like kind of prior to finally reaching out to the Better Way to Farm team. What were your practices? What, you know, what were you getting your fertility recommendations? All of those fun things prior to all the success you've had leading up to today. Absolutely. So I graduated Iowa State, the Iowa State University in 2016. And then I was able to come back to the farm and I was fortunate enough to rent a little bit of land of myself and then start farming along dad and grandpa. Our fertility practice was spring applied anhydrous. Uh, we'd kind of got, it used to be fall. We'd kind of gotten away from that or dad had kind of gotten away from that. And then a dry broadcast two year spread and we, we rotate all of our acres. We, we do very little corn on corn, just corn and soybeans ro- rotated. And after the beans would come off, you would put a two-year dry spread removal rate of your PNK. And so, and I didn't know I wanted to farm really until I got into college. I was kind of unique that way. But then I really, really took to it. And so it was a bit of a learning curve for me to kind of see where we were and try to figure out how things were working. And we just start, we just kind of started running into some pretty pretty legitimate some pretty serious production issues and it it wasn't and it was it was pretty frustrating because it wasn't due to you know lack of lack of effort or anything like that it's just it seemed like everything we did was not providing that uh return and then in 2018 and 2019 was a big turning point for us because um and this was I, I can look at it as a regret but also it led me to where I am now I can see I you know I can see God's fingerprints on the whole thing and so I, I w- wouldn't call it that but it was a painful season because we had gotten sold and it was on my recommendation that we side dress the bulk of our nitrogen with a certain foliar nitrogen that was told to us that it, four gallons will replace something like 60 pounds. Shame on me for not looking into it better, but it was, it was pretty brutal. It was really, really bad. And I, I tell guys when I tell my story that I was the sixth generation farmer in the fall of 2019, I was fully prepared to be the last uh, Shanks farmer. And I don't wish that on anybody, uh, but dad and I made the decision that, you know, if it's not God's will for us to continue farming, we're going to do everything we can. We don't want to leave anything on the table. And I just, a buddy of mine who kind of knew what was going on, shared a, shared a Facebook video. And then I hopped on to a better way to farm and, you know, started listening to some podcasts, getting excited again. And then, you know, off we were. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy to, to think about. You know, the buddy, the friend, the family member that says, hey, maybe you ought to go take a look. These guys are doing some pretty crazy things to see, especially your operation, all three of your operations, really, and, and what they've done. You know, I get the pleasure of working with a, a lot of the team members daily, and it's it's really cool to see what has grown. I remember years ago, even talking with Preston about how, you know, how cool it would be to be a part of something that's this big, that that's changing operations lives so that there is more than, than the sixth generation, you know, there's seventh generation and beyond, which is absolutely vital. There's a lot of growers we talk with that. That's what they want to do, man. I'm just looking at a way to try to pass this on to my kids. I I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it's nice that, that we provide the opportunity for those growers to do that. So Andy, kind of similar deal, man. Yours is more uh, of one of those stories that, you know, you just say, nope, I'm doing it and this is how it's done. And, you know, 
to to heck with you <laughs> if if you don't want to follow me. But what what did your story? Uh, where did it begin? And and where did you get your recommendations from when you were farming and and all of that stuff prior to reaching out to a better way to farm? Sure. So yeah, like I said, I grew up as a dairy farm family. So all I've ever done is farm with both sets of my grandparents. So I was pretty lucky to be able to do that. And they're both still here. And even though they're not farming, they, they drive around to check on me. That's for sure. <laughs> so I started on my, right when I graduated high school in 09, bought a set of dairy cows, started renting some ground and just typical dairy manure, dry broadcast. And we were full tillage at that point. We made the no-till switch in 2019 when I sold my cows. We did the cover crop, soil health journey, and no-till. We were broad, dry broadcasting on the top. And that's how a lot of guys in this area have done it. That's what I learned. It's the only thing I knew what to do. Yields first year were okay. I think we were around 191. And then she started going backwards really fast. Um, the last year, we were 181. So we dropped another 10 bushel. And we were spending more money on dry broadcast. <laughs> and that's what I thought to myself. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the answer. I was the build program yeah. uh, poster child. I'm not afraid of, was afraid of fertilizer. You know, we'd. We'd pour it on. So that's why for about three years, I kind of listened to the Better Way to Farm podcast. I watched all of Rod's videos, so I was really familiar with it. So when I made the phone call to Sam that day, I had my mind made up what I was doing. I already had, a, I didn't say any experience, but I knew what the program was mostly about. But yeah, like you said, I jumped full feet in. Um, furrow jets on the corn planter, conceal different corn planter. I bought a high boy sprayer all the storage tanks to do the program. I made a big investment. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous when I did it. You know, I was uh, fortunate enough that I got the soil sample for you. Um, and and I remember coming up and having those conversations and you're like, this, this is it, man. I, if it works, this is fantastic. I'm going to be shouting from the, the mountaintop. But man, if this doesn't work, it's going to be a blaze of glory on the way down because we're all in. Yeah, exactly. And I, I watch a lot of RFD TV and like the Corn Warrior guys and that kind of thing. And I mean, they're using a just about the identical program. And I'm like, if they're doing it, they're growing these yields. I went with a company that has been in it the longest. And I'm like, if anybody's going to know what's going on, it's going to be these guys. And I really appreciated all the videos that, that Rod put out for us to learn. Yeah. And so that made my transition easier. But yeah, it was a big investment, but I can tell you it paid off. Very happy. Yeah. And speaking of paying off Dalton, you, you, again, you have a very unique story, but, but ultimately all, all three of your stories end in the same place. And that's about being very successful with, with the better way to farm team and the system that we have in place. So what, what does that look like for you? And, and how did and I don't know if you want to share a little bit more of your backstory. Um, you, you have a pretty unique backstory as well. Yeah, so we actually just released a podcast on my story. And uh, so I'm a first-generation farmer. And a quick summary is I'm in the process of taking over um, a farming operation that had no nobody to succeed to take it on. So kind of where I started was my first three years, I basically shadowed. So we kind of, you know, I basically was a farmhand for three years. Yeah, And we kind of ran into the same thing of we are a farrow-to-finish operation as well. So we ran into the thing of our manure ground would always beat our non-manure ground. And our program, we were a two-year spread just like Sam. So we would spread dry fertilizer for two years. And rolling into the fall of the year before I started farming, it was the same story. Our manure ground would always beat it by easily 10 to 15 bushel. So that kind of got 
got my wheels turning and that's when I reached out and I got contacted with Sam and we kind of talked through some, talked through some things. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to take this step yet. Let's kind of wait until springtime. Basically I drug my feet. I drug my feet and I wish I wouldn't have because then spring rolled around and I did what every other farmer does in our area. They call the co-op and say, you know, this is the yield I'm going for. And they say, we're going to take care of it. Well, two weeks later, they're out there spraying dry fertilizer. And what's going through my mind is what are we doing? Like I'm spreading dry fertilizer and I'm getting the same yield. Why is my manure ground beating my non-manure ground? And so that's when I called, called them back and said, we need, I need to do something. So the, my first year I just fully fed because I had to make sure that, you know, you weren't full of it, Tyler. Right. I had to make sure. <laughs> and ever since then, you know, I just, I haven't looked back and we've continued to climb higher year in and year out. So one of the things that we, we talk about is is the education that we that we provide you know you know this this what we do is not a magic show it a hundred percent goes back to the science and the and the biology and the chemistry of the soil and the plants and and everything but talk through don't i'll start with you talk through the the education the two-day fundamentals of agronomy event that we put on what was that like when when you finally went to to your first one? Kind of kind of share some of that advice because um, maybe the the listeners of this maybe they haven't reached out yet, um, but but some of them have probably been contacted. And, and we say, hey, look, it all starts with the soil test, but you got to find out. You got to get to the next fundamentals of agronomy program that we put on. I don't care if it's in your backyard or fourteen hundred miles away. You've got to figure it out. Why why is it that we pride ourselves so much on getting to that next program. So for me, the first time I went, it's like drinking water out of a fire hose. I mean, there's so much information that's thrown at you, but I tell people I went to the Kansas state university and got my degree. (laughs) I learned more in two days at the fundamentals of agronomy that I did in a four year degree. Yep. And so the, the part that I love is we really go through and we break down how, like like you said, nothing here is a magic show. This is all science, how everything works together, how everything is just like life. We have to keep things in balance. Yep. And it's the same way with our soils. And once I went to the two day and I kind of figured that out, like there's more to this than, you know, P and K like there's, you know, there's just more to it. Yeah. And so how figuring out how everything works together, I think has really benefited me in my farming operation. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as a silver bullet. If you're looking for the one thing that's going to completely change your operation, I guess the one thing I would suggest is coming to the two day fundamentals of agronomy program. But but that's the deal was we don't say, hey, hey, look, reach out to us. Uh, We got this one, you know, uh, concoction of stuff, bugs in a jug, whatever you want to call it, foo foo dust, mouse milk that we're going to sell you. And it's going to completely change your world. So, Andy, what was it in in your eyes? Because, again, dude, you you knew from all the research and you knew when you talked to Sam that you're going no matter what. What was your experience like going to your first two-day Fundamentals of Agronomy program and and kind of share a little bit about what you gained out of that deal? Well, first of all, when I showed up there, I wasn't expecting to know a soul. And then I looked around and I'm like, there's about a dozen people here that I know that don't live very far from me. So that was a pretty comforting thought. And a couple of them guys have been doing this for a couple of years. 
And so that was a better comforting thought when they, we sat, you know, at dinner and they told me their success with it and they're mm-hmm. still there and they're still doing it. But the equal plant nutrition was the big part of it. There's just so much information at this class and I can relate to Dalton too. I mean, this first year in this program, I've learned more than I have in my short ter- time on this earth of 34 years. I mean, uh, the first year is unreal. I'm jacked for next year. See what we can, what we can really get out of this thing because it's after a year, it takes a little time, not going to lie to start sinking in, start understanding your soil tests, but it's, it's actually very simple. It's, it's very simple. A lot simpler than people think it is. Yeah. It, um, again, I, you know, when I went to my first one, I thought I knew everything, um, you know, being a, a co-op agronomist and a, a CDSM and, um, you know, graduating from the Iowa state university, you know, it was just, um, you know, why do I have to go, why do I have to go to a, a two day ag class where, you know, I'm, I'm not going to learn anything that I don't already know. And that's the crazy part is that, you know, maybe you do know some of the stuff, but it, it really reiterates and drives home the point that, Hey, there's some definite value that I can take back to the, the farming operation, you know, turn it into to some cold, hard cash. So Sam, my man, your story, that pro ag event, you've been to, to what? two, three, five, eight, 10, 12 of these agronomy events. And you're going to be, you're going to be coming. Well, a few, you, well, all you guys are going to be coming to a lot of them this year. Uh, we're going to, we're going to make a trip out East here in a little bit. So yeah, tell, tell me a little bit more about what you gathered from the time you said, you know what, I've got to reach out. My buddy said, Hey, these guys are doing some cool things. What was it that finally made you reach out? And what was it that that pushed you to one of these two day events? Yeah, so absolutely. What uh, what caused me to reach out was we were at a point of, of desperation, kind of like I had reiterated there uh, a little earlier. It was just like we knew that we absolutely needed needed to change, and so and then when, so then we just you know decided that yeah we're gonna we're gonna show up and we're gonna go. And I hadn't been following a better way to farm for very often, so I wasn't like Andy. I wasn't super super sure, but I'd listened to the podcast quite a bit. Um, and I, and I knew that it was that whatever this class was going to be, whatever this event was going to be, um, I just had a feeling we needed to be there. And so both dad and I, uh, and I'm super, super glad that he came along with, cause our minds work differently, you know? And so he picked up on stuff and I picked up on stuff. And if, you know, if you're to ask me my biggest takeaway from that, I can't give you a specifics because again, there's a lot in that first time, but knowing like sitting there and see and realizing that there was so much that we didn't know yet was actually very comforting to, to us. And the reason that that was my biggest takeaway, because we were at the point to where we had done the co-op system, we were just doing it. And we're like, it's not working. Like, is this it? You know, I mean, we don't have, we don't know what to do differently. You know, we, we tried a little bit of different nitrogen and, you know, but, and so once I, we really dove in to just kind of the intricacies of these things and I get excited about it because just, I, I really enjoy the, the soil science aspect of it. And once you really start to see how everything affects everything else, you know, and then it just, it really, you, you take some takeaways, but it gave us hope and it gave us energy going forward saying that, you know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to attack this now. You know exactly what things look like. Yep. And so, you know, and then we got our soil test pulled and 
uh, we found out there was there was some things that we were doing wrong. There were many things that needed to be addressed, and you know, but that was a good thing because now we knew, right? And so it still changes. Yes, I've been to quite a you know I've been a grower in this program for a few years now. I've been to a lot of the pro ag trainings. Um, I learned take something new from it every single time. And the same thing with with what Rod's doing the twelve days of nutrients. He has hammered some points there that it's like I knew in the back of my head, but it just brought it to the forefront of really like how much this stuff matters, you know, and how the laws of soil chemistry cannot be, you know, neglected. Like our farm is not, you know, it's not different on our farm. It's soil chemistry is soil chemistry, whether you choose to like it or not. And so I really just, you know, enjoyed that first, that was just, I always say February of 2020, that was the starting point of a completely new chapter and era uh, in our operation and in our lives both. Yeah, and I, I want to thank you for bringing up Rod's twelve nutrients of Christmas, man. That I tell you what, dude, that he does an unbelievable job. If you are listening to this, when we get done with this thing, man, jump on. You can jump on the podcast. You can jump on the Facebook page. Uh, he shares them on TikTok everywhere. And the cool thing is, he's been doing it for years. But what he does is, he'll take those nutrients. He'll take down the notes, and and he'll do the deal. And then what he does is, he balls up those notes throws them straight in the garbage. And then next year when he goes to redo them, he makes sure that they come, that, that he goes and, and he comes back with new material. He doesn't use the same material year in and year out. So the podcast is phenomenal because you can go back, you can scroll back to the beginning and you can find those. And each year it'll talk about nitrogen and each time it'll be a little bit different. So I absolutely love that. So thank you very much for bringing that up. So Andy, as we kind of progress through everything, now that now that you jumped in uh, whole hog and you uh, you know you, you wanted to do the deal and and figured out what you needed at Proag, what are some of the things that you're doing different in your operation? Well, thirty two percent nitrogen is probably the biggest difference, um, and we're split applying that. So, like I said, I put the conceal system on my corn planter so we can get that baby banded. And then um, along with the sprayer, I put a, just a cheaper wide drop system on it and put that on. That was my biggest difference. But back to the pro egg, um, I just I, I remember asking an older older guy there. I said, what's some advice you got for a young guy going into this? And he says, do the system. Don't <laughs> don't cheapen out on it. Like, just do what they tell you. Do what your soil test says. I've been doing the build program with the dry fertilizer before that, and it's not building just like, you know, Rod preaches. It's not building. <laughs> I got soil tests right here. I can show you, you know, I got nothing great for ground on my farm. You know, organic matter is 2.4. Our CEC is 10.3. You know, our phosphorus is 21 and our potassium is 80. I'm low to medium on everything. And this is some of my better ground. This is a 34 acre field. And uh, this field, I really poured the coals to because I wanted to see what I could do this year. And as you know, we were in a drought with everything else. Yep. This field averaged 273 bushel. I was blown away by it. So next year, she's going to be getting a little more serious. That's for <laughs> sure. That 300 bushel club, man, it's getting closer and closer. You know, we've got five or six different clubs, 300 bushel club corn, 100 bushel beans. And we even have a, a wheat and a Milo sorghum club as well and and you're definitely on your way man that's that's super exciting and dalton what about you do you happen to know um what i know you're you're a little bit newer um do you happen to have any of your soil tests or anything like that what have you been able to see over the last few years from working with us 
Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me the last few years I've seen is just plant health. Yeah. I remember the first year I started, I said the the one thing I wanted to do was combine corn that's actually still green. <laughs> and not, you know, not 35%. And this year I was able, I was able to do that. We were combining corn that was green as a gourd and it was, you know, 23, 24%. So I mean, the biggest thing I've seen from the system is just plant health. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely huge. I guess I'm going to ask all th- well, Dalton, you've already shared that, but Andy and Sam, what uh, what's been your take on on having that green? Because we do share that. Uh, we, we share some photos and we share some testimony at those two day events about having green corn. And we get that question all the time. Well, it's got to be 32%. It's got to be 28%. And what have you guys seen with plant health in regards to the system? Absolutely. The same thing. Believe me, the neighbors were talking this year when I started combining, I was combining in September and that corn was planted on May 7th. I believe I'd have to look back for sure, but it was the first week of May. It came out about 23 to 24%. We were able to put it in the bin when it was 82 degrees out, and it didn't cost me hardly anything to dry it. It was awesome. At least get a, we got a little bit of a start early, make sure everything was going to work, bin was going to work, combine was going to work. It was great. But the plant health was just nuts. I mean, that corn was, it looked like you should be chopping corn silage. Yep. I mean, it stayed green on me for, you know, until the last week of harvest. I mean, it was uh, not as green, but we had a green tint in her almost until the finish line. So like Rod always says, you want your corn to dry down, not die down. That's exactly what happens. So yeah. When, when you want, yeah. When you start addressing that plant health, it's amazing. It's amazing how much drier your corn can be and still be greener by addressing, you know, the limiting factors and, and making sure ratios are more in balance. Absolutely wild because the, the people that aren't doing the deal, they don't get it and they don't see it. And Sam, what, what's your experience with with that when when people dive into the plant health or what have you seen on the plant health side that that you haven't seen before especially doing doing things the the quote unquote the easy button way or the old way we saw good years of corn that hadn't been seen in a in a while we saw a a very tremendous get like you always see those side-by-side pictures, you know what I mean, of like a trial. You've got the corn here that's a foot taller and just like two shades darker. And you always yeah. you always want, you always wish, you always hope for that. It's like you never get in the first. I always remember the first year we saw it to where we, you know, where we uh, we shut our planter off um, just to do a test. And, I mean, it was it was so visually different. And we, I always tell guys that it's been really cool, like our test weight and our dry down, just like what Andy was talking about, has been tremendous. See, our the dry drying operation just for us is, is a bottleneck for us. And so we never like drying corn. And now that we've, you know, kind of been around some forward thinking people, especially through the Better Way to Farm team, you know, we've kind of done some more research and kind of changed our minds on drying corn, but that's a conversation for a different time. But we were always earlier hybrids because we wanted them to dry down quickly. And so um, now with the, with the system... It has absolutely, um, you know, just the, the plants stay greener a lot longer, but the test weight is much higher and our moisture at harvest is always one to two points uh, drier than what it usually is. I can't even say what it is compared to the non-system because we don't run a non-system on our farm anymore. It's yes. just, you know, a system. But something that's really cool is, <clears throat> you know, the corn weighs more. And so dad has a 20,000 bushel bin. And it's 20,000 bushels. So you just load it and you haul it to the elevator. And you, you look at the scale tickets, it's literally 23, almost 24,000 bushels of corn in that rain bin. You know, it's just like, where did the, where does this come from? And it's just, 
you know, it doesn't go bad on us. It's just, it's just very solid quality, well-balanced stuff. And it's, uh, that's been a, and I, I'm sorry, I was, I was looking at my phone. I was trying to, I just got some soil tests back from kind of like from a test I did two years ago. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just how I, I was trying to write down the levels because we've seen really good increases in using, in using the system, which is just, it's just really, really exciting. Right. Wait a minute, and, Sam, you can't, there's no way you can build your fertility program with a complete liquid system. You know, it's pretty impressive what happens when you actually kind of dive into, like I said, the soil chemistry and see what's going on. Us on our farm had have like, it's, it's, it's getting so much better. Had a brutal pH problem, way too low. That was mismanagement on our part. You know, it just, we weren't, you know, the, the, the people that have been doing it, quit doing it. We weren't asking. And so that was a big reason. And so, you know, our soil levels, they maintained for a while while we were trying to, to get that in sync, you know, and then once, I mean, now that, uh, you know, the one that I'm looking at now, it was a 5.8, you know, and now we brought it up to, it's a 6.4. Uh, so not exactly where we want it to be, but still in the correct direction. Getting there. Um, you know, and everything just, you know, that soil test just looks a lot prettier. You know, it's just better. And so it, it just, not only are we able to crank out this quality corn and these good, and these soybeans and to crank out, you know, this quality yield, it's like, man, we're doing it sustainably. Mm-hmm. And so, and we're going to keep building on this thing. So it's really exciting. One of the things I want you three, especially if you know it, um, to talk about one, one thing that's near and dear to my heart is nitrogen management and and utilizing your nitrogen as efficiently as possible. There are some things uh, we talk about at the two-day fundamentals of agronomy, reasons why you want to manage your nitrogen. But let's be honest, you know, if, if we can lower our nitrogen use, now all of a sudden we're making more money. So I, I want to talk specifically about nitrogen use efficiency. So what is your nitrogen rate and, and what kind of, you know, corn are you growing? And then cost per bushel. I, I don't know you know, I know I know one of you guys has your cost per bushel nailed down pretty tight. You know, if the other two want to take a stab at what their cost per per bushel is, um, I'd welcome that as well. But but share with with everyone as as we run up the clock, share share with everyone what you've been able to do with your nitrogen use efficiency and that cost per bushel. Sure. Last year we ran 160 pounds of actual N. After going to the pro egg, I said that number needs to drop. This year we put on 130 pounds of actual. That's what I applied, not taking any soybean credit in, alfalfa credit, anything like that, organic matter credit. Yeah, there you go. Organic matter credit. It's not soybean credit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the ga- name of the game, man, is get that organic matter up there. That's uh, that's free nitrogen, free goodies for you. So, and with this program, it's going to happen. So with that being said, uh, everybody wants to know what's the cost because, yeah, you're growing these big yields, but what I've been hearing is, oh, you're paying for it. It don't matter. Well, if you give me a $20 bill and I give you two 20s back, how many times do you want to do that? That's the ROI I've seen on my farm this year. So going back to that field I had on my farm that I actually, I really pushed, 270 bushel corn. And when I do my cost of productions, I put everything in, my crop insurance costs, my equipment insurance costs, my cost of living, it's everything. Mm-hmm. We ended up at $3 and 33 cents a bushel and I'm a young man and I'm paying for a farm yet. That's with my yep. farm payment. You know, we, I, my goal next year is if I can grow corn for that as an average across everything, but I'll put it in perspective. We're, we're right at that run that $4 mark as an average. And I got some ground that isn't so hot side hills, trees, shallow ground. I mean, it's uh we had one new farm this year that was kind of a disaster. 
And so it doesn't work everywhere. I'll put it that way. Not at first. I was probably uneducated on that first farm that we took, that new farm we took on this year. It was my fault. I didn't pull a soil test. You know, I said, well, it can't be that bad, right? We'll just use the same program. <laughs> right. Yeah. I learned my lesson there. Don't do that. So, but your high production ground, you can really push, uh, push this puppy. So you can get that cost production lower and that's, uh, that's what we're after. It's cost production at the end of the day, more yep. bushels, get that cost down. Yeah, that's exactly right. Dalton, do you happen to know what you've been able to do with your nitrogen program uh, over the last couple of years or your cost of per bushel produced? Yeah, so my nitrogen program has actually come down. Before I got with the Better Way to Farm team, we were running the typical Iowa State recommendation 1.2. So we were way up there. The past two years, I've dropped it to 0.7. This next year, I'm going to drop it even lower to probably 0.5. So being able to, especially with us, since we have manure, now I'm able to, I can spread that manure across more acres. So I'm actually applying less and I'm gaining more, you know, at the end of the day. So it's, it's been very beneficial to us to be able to do that. Yep. Do you have any closing remarks? We're catching up to the the time. I, I want to be respectful to everybody's time. And as we shut this baby down, Dalton, what kind of golden I like to call it a golden corn nugget. <laughs> Do you have for the listeners, uh, the, the growers out there, what kind of final advice do you have for them? Seek knowledge. You know, every year, I think on your balance sheet, we should always have a line for education. We should always be continuing to learn. I'm in the same boat. I call myself an expert in raising hogs, but I still I still learn every day. They still teach me something new every day. And that's that should be the same way with all of our operations. We, we should continue to learn. So if you've even had a thought of reaching out, even if you don't end up working with A Better Way to Farm, at least seek the education part. Andy, what about you? Absolutely. Same thing. You know, I was uh, I was like the everyday farmer. I didn't have time for education. I didn't have time to go to these events and this kind of thing. My mindset has changed 110%. This uh, After seeing the proof in the pudding this year, education is number one. Number one, and it should be on your farm too, because... I want to see the farmer down the road farming here in the next 20 years. And I want to see his kid doing it too. And I'm afraid that every year we're losing more and more farms and kids don't want to farm because dad says there's no money in it. You can make a living at it and we need to keep small town America alive. That's for sure. And this is a, this is a way you can do it. Just it's easy. Educate yourself, be your own agronomist. Don't rely on somebody else telling you how to spend your dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Sam. Yep. I'm going to sound like a broken record here, uh, but that again, guys, I live my life through looking for open doors when, whether I know they're the right decision or not, I can overthink and overanalyze sometimes, but I just walk through them. And if the door shuts, then we, we look for another open one. That's how I started with this. That's literally how the whole game changed for us, for my family, for my mindset. You know, I'm not coming home feeling deflated, feeling like a failure. I'm able to be present, be excited, you know, with my, with my wife, with my, with my baby boy. And that's everything. And so the reason that education, guys, is so, so vital is, again, no matter what you choose to do, take the control back into your operation, right? Because if we don't know, if we're if, if we don't know the answers or even know, I guess, where to look or who to ask or who to trust, we're trusting somebody else. And that's and for something as sacred and as precious as our family farming operations, that's not something that we want to do. We want to make sure that we have, that we surround ourselves and we're continually improving ourselves as well. And so guys, again, my life, the whole game changed. My life changed because a buddy of mine sent me a Facebook video of a yield monitor. And I'm just like, nah, we'll see, right? Maybe, maybe this is it. And it was, 
and I talked to Dalton and I talked to Andy and they have, they have same results and they've got the excitement and there's so many other guys that we could have on here. Tell them the same story. Uh, it's replicatable. It can be done. Um, again, it's soil chemistry. And so it's just, I'm very passionate about it. I'm very grateful for the team, for everything that they've done for us, for everything they've done for my family and for our operation. And we're just, like I said, a whole new mindset and we're excited. So guys at the bare minimum, just, just, you know, just reach out. Just that that's my best bit of advice to you. Reach out. Yeah, I can absolutely appreciate that, Sam. Well, thank you very much, Sam, Andy Dalton. Uh, I appreciate the time that this was phenomenal. As we wrap this baby up, all I have to say is this, is that you don't have to listen to me. And and sometimes I would beg you not to listen to me, but listen to Sam, listen to Andy, listen to Dalton, reach out to a better way to farm. You know, if it's Sam, Andy, Dalton, someone else on the team, um, a lot of you, most of you were invited from someone that not only had success with this program, but now are sharing the opportunity because they are in that spot as well. So get a hold of that person, reach out. And I've got to tell you this, that do it now. Don't wait to have a better day. Do it today. And thank you all very much for tuning in. Hopefully we'll be seeing you soon at a two-day Fundamentals of Agronomy event coming up near you. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.